Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Bershank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is November 15, 2021. Andres, what's happening, man? Well, uh, it is November 15, so that means that over here in Quebec, there's less restrictions, so I'm very excited about it. Other than that, you know, it's just the last week was just one of those weeks that you just, it's, it was just like a very lazy week. So trying to gain energy and motivation to keep on moving <laughs> through the last bit of my semester. Um, but yeah, pretty chill week. Nothing too, nothing too out there or nothing very special happened. How are you, man? How, how's life down in Ottawa? It's, it was pretty nice this past couple of weeks. Like I mentioned last episode, my parents came here. Um, it was very busy, though. They were working the whole time, and with the you know two-hour time difference, we really didn't get to do too much outside of the housework. But good thing, you know, finally got some furniture for the house, and then just got to hang out with them, and then celebrated a couple big Nepali festivals, which we will get to later. But yeah, I think it was a good couple of weeks. And last week, it was kind of sad when they left on Friday because um, the house got super quiet and lonely. But, you know, that's just how life is right now because we're all in two different cities. But I'm sure they'll be back and I'll, I'm sure I'll go visit them sometime soon as well. That sounds like a lovely time. Absolutely. So, Andres, what did you learn this past week? What did I learn this past week? That's a very good question, Rashank. So I'll pass it back to you while I remember what I learned this week. Yeah, so for me, it's something, nothing too crazy, but so I'm not too much into pop culture. You know, I know I know my basic um, pop culture, like trivia, I guess. But one of the things I actually learned was Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal had a relationship back in the day when you know she was i think like 19 and he was like 28 29 and then they only were together for like three months and then they separated but then swift had made a song about you know during that time what happened and it's relevant now because i think taylor swift's trying to like make her own um i believe her own like record because like something happened with um with her former record label, which, you know, they're trying to take over all of her songs and music and albums. So now she's trying to re-record all of her past albums. And so she re-recorded this song called All Too Well. I had never heard it before, but then I got, I was shown it. And then I'm like, huh, that's pretty neat. Cause too, you know, a rabbit hole of the, just how music ownerships and like, you know, record, record labels and things like that are to the, um, artists, I guess, in a sense. But the other side also that I learned Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal had a thing, which is crazy because like I love Jake Gyllenhaal movies. So like you know, I I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of him, but I know um, his movies and stuff. So I, but that's something that I never knew before. Oh, that is yeah. I that that would explain why everyone was just like reposting Taylor and Red and all of that. Like Red is one of her or like very first albums, and I was like, why? And now I understand why people were all crazy about it. I've never been a Swifty, so like I cannot relate to it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's that's interesting. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, like, and it's pretty crazy because, 
that song, I think, um, mentions how she left like her scarf at Jake's house, so Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. And so if you go on Maggie Gyllenhaal's Instagram, literally all of Taylor's, you know, fans or stands, whatever you want to call them, are like commenting on her his sister's Instagram, which is kind of like I don't know, like that's kind of weird to do. I'm stands, you know, they go pretty crazy, whether it's Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber fans, or even like sports fans. But it's it's interesting to see how pop culture is so, you know, plays such a big part in our society. Oh, it does. It shapes a lot of things. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I finally I had to go through my like usually my learning I do it through YouTube. So I had to go back into it and uh, something interesting that I watched and then I learned was about college endowments in the states and like how they operate and it is just mind-boggling. I remember what like when I was watching it, I'm just like, there's so much money. But then still, tuition and college is expensive in the States. So that's what I learned. Yeah, that's always a fun time. I know one of my friends, you know, she, well, we grew up together in New Zealand, but then, like, we never really talked. But recently, when my parents came to Ottawa, we, you know, her parents actually live in Ottawa, so we went to visit her, and she was saying that uh, she started doing med school in the U.S., and it is crazy expensive how you know how much it costs i guess you also on the flip side as a doctor in the u.s you also get paid more but the cost of going to school is pretty expensive you know and like a lot of people can't afford it so you you have to wonder how many people actually miss out on being becoming a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that in the u.s right oh yeah when you said she went to the school like she's going for med school in the states i was just shook at that (laughs) Because I'm just like, I know the opposite. A lot of Americans coming to Canada mm-hmm. to do schooling because, you know, uh, <clears throat> either you're a doctor in the States or in Canada, it's the same. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same board that certifies um, that you need to be certified by in order to work in either country. So, or like they're very similar. You can like basically go back and forth between both of them so uh so then they come here to study because it's cheaper and then they go to the states to make the big money so absolutely and you know that's something we can talk about future episodes how the canadian economy kind of like gets hurt because you know u.s has lots of private health care private doctors so you get paid more there so a lot of people you know get their education in canada but then they move down to the states because they make more money right oh yeah there's many fields that that is the case so yeah, we there's another that's a for a different day. Exactly. So, Shank. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? So yeah, um, I think I mentioned it a little bit last week, but you know, the last um, couple weeks, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, back a while ago, in the later half of October were two of the biggest festivals in Nepal, you know, um, Dase and Tihar. So I wanted to talk about those um, as well as Diwali because Diwali is also like somewhat celebrated. It goes hand in hand with Tihar. It's slightly different, but Diwali is, you know, something that everyone knows. But as far as, you know, what I've been raised with and I'm I'm a Nepali, so, you know, I want to focus on Dase and Tihar for the most part. All right. So let's just go to the basics. So... What are what are these festivals, Rishang? Absolutely. So, you know, let's go back to the basics. So 
the Nepali calendar or the Hindu calendar, you know, it's based on the lunar cycle. So most of the times there's not a solid date to when these festivals occur. They change around. There is a solid date in the lunar calendar. But when you come to, you know, to the Western world where they use a Gregorian calendar, the days kind of float around. So 2020th, Dase started in October 26th. But this year started a little bit earlier. So it's on October 15th. And, you know, Dase is a festival that's celebrated by the whole country in Nepal, no matter, you know, the different um, group, ethnic groups in Nepal. Um, it's definitely one of the biggest festivals. And it really celebrates, like, you know, the it's a Hindu mythology um, marking the victory of Rama, which is one of the um, mythical demigods, one of the many reincarnations of Lord Vishnu over Ravana, which is a, a cruel king. And also the victory of Durga, so the, you know, Hindu, one of the biggest Hindu goddesses over the demon. Um, you know, as we like to call it, it's a Vijaya Dasami. So it lasts for approximately 10 days. And I think, you know, it definitely is one of the biggest festivals. And no matter who, who you talk to in Nepali, they're going to say it's one of the most fun times. And then a little bit later comes Tihar, which is... Um, it's a festival of lights, you know, it goes, so it's very similar to Diwali. Um, however, it's slightly different. There's slightly ce different celebrations. Um, Tihar lasts for five days. Um, this year it was in November 3rd and ended, you know, it's still going on because it's, um, I guess there's so many different celebrations that happens. Um, and the whole thing is just a lot of fun because, you know, you back in Nepal, you get time off for Dase and Tihar. Um, you have all the family come together, you go to different places. So it's just a lot of fun. All right. So let's, uh, so you, like broadly describe what happens on, on the first festival you were talking about. Yep, absolutely. So the Dase or, you know, um, Vijaya Dasami, it really is, um, it's a 10 day celebration where every days are really very unique because each day you're devoted to different things. Um, I don't know the full extent of each day, but the main days signify the first day, which is Gotastapana, which is, uh, you know, where the eldest um, member of the family starts to grow Zamara. So like, you know, saplings of wheat and oat in the sand, because you have to grow that out throughout the festival and which we'll get to later because then you cut it in the 10th day to give it as offerings um and then the seventh day is um it's called the fulpati which really refers to like you know the flowers and leaves and it's just gathering the ingredients um it's a long tradition of you know bringing different um aspects of dose together i know you know for the pure nepalis i probably i'm not even going into full detail but like i said you know this is from what i've learned over the years i'm not super religious so i don't know the exact details i don't know the significance and you know hopefully i can we can have someone later on the episode or later in the podcast to you know go and delve into the detail but this is you know just a broad broad overlook from growing up as a Hindu and as a Nepali. 
Um, and then the eighth day is known as Mahaastami, which, you know, there's animal sacrifices for the goddess Durga, so which is supposed to make the goddess super happy and welcome. And then the tenth day is the most auspicious day. It's known as Vijayadasami, so the biggest day for the whole ten days. Um, during this day, we all go, you know, all, everyone in the family goes to the oldest person's house and uh, we offer different things. One of the biggest things you've probably seen, you know, on f photos on in my Instagram, other people's Instagram is the big red dots on our forehead. So, which usually, you know, that's a combination of crimson powder, red powder with rice and yogurt for the most part. And the oldest people in the family usually give it to the younger ones, um, along with the jamara that they had been growing for the last 10 days, like I had mentioned. And, you know, it's usually you go get the blessings from older people, um, the priest, you know, usually we, going up in Nepal, we went to, like, our grandmas and grandpas, as well as, you know, older um, aunts and uncles. And then, you know, of course, you get money with it, you get different, lots of, lots of good food. And it's a little bit different um, in the, you know, Canada, U.S., because here you don't have all 10 day celebrations you try to do as much as you can because obviously we don't get time off here but overall it's just it's a really fun time because that's one of the biggest i guess family reunions that happen in nepal because like sometimes you know it's so hard to see family all the time but definitely Dase is one where you see most of the families and that's kind of one of the also sad things because when you live in nepal a lot of people move out of Nepal, you know, your family members, your relatives, they move in and out of Nepal trying to find better opportunities. So I don't think I've ever had like a full on like celebration with everyone included because, you know, growing up, a couple of aunts and uncles lived outside Nepal. Then later on, we moved outside Nepal. So it was kind of hard, you know. Oh, I, yeah, it's pretty difficult. I, I completely understand, understand that part, especially when like holidays like that in like, even though they're like a societal and like cultural holiday, you celebrate it with your family. And it does change a little bit the way you go about celebrating the holiday. Absolutely. And, you know, you always have to adapt to where you live. So even here, like I said, you don't go full out and just, you know, celebrate every day, but you try to do the one of the big ones. So the, definitely the last day, you know, I've always done that with my parents, um, you know, when I've been like living with them when I was in school, it's kind of hard to do. But even, you know, students or kids that go abroad, they still find the Nepali community or elders in the, you know, Nepali, like, population wherever you live and just try to go there for blessings and the tikka and, you know, or the prasad, which is, like, the offerings that you get. So That is just so, so nice. So you mentioned a lot of kind of, like, what is happening and, you know, uh, you also mentioned food, which when it comes, let's be real, when it comes to big festivals in, across the world, food is such a big component. Um, that does have, play a big role in celebrating uh, festivals. So what are some of those traditional foods that you can, that you observe during, um, during Dase or Tihar? Absolutely. So with it's a little different for both, but for the most part, you know, I feel like Nepali food is usually the same thing. You know, you always have rice and lentils or as we call it dal. Um, 
And but the, the some of the unique things about these festivals is the offerings that we give to the you know gods and goddesses. Um, so in Dose and Tihar, you know, when we do prayers to the god and goddesses, there's different times where you have to make different like um almost like dessert type foods where it's more like sweet stuff, you know, and especially for Tihar where one of the days I believe maybe it's for Dase, so don't quote me completely on this, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Tihar where you have to make a, like I think 16 varieties of this like dessert types. So I wish personally I would have known like, you know, what to do because then I would be doing it myself. But my mom usually is the one that makes it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, like the way best way to explain it, I guess, is more like just sweet dessert type of food. It's not like more like curry or like rice or anything like that. But I guess some of the names are silroti, which is one of the biggest things that in Tihar that you can get, which is pretty much like you know um, rice um, flour with water and sugar. You mix it up like a pancake batter almost, and then you make big large circles with it in hot oil. You deep fry it pretty much. So that's one of the most like classics classic foods that you can get um that you can eat it's very it's you can get it very sweet too of course you know some people don't prefer to have sugar so you can put less sugars in it but honestly i think it's it's it is hard to make because i've made it in the past before and so the technique is you have like you know hot boiling oil and you have to make a perfect circle around it but the ones i've made it have become like wavy circles so it kind of becomes um all over the place, but it's definitely fun to make. And then some of the other, you know, desserts are like lacamaris um, or raspberries or lalmons. Like um, lalmons are also, um, I'm sure, you know, many people know it as gulab jamun. Um, I'm sure you've heard of that before. It's those round balls of, you know, dough pretty much bathed in sugar. And then there's also other foods such as fini, which is just a um, simple, not simple, it is hard to make, but it's like the taste is very simple because it's just a flaky texture made out of dough. And then there's anarasa, you know, there's lots of food, lots of dessert type food that I wish I knew how to make, but sadly I don't. Well, I think, you know, now that you are living in Ottawa by yourself, I think it's time to start practicing some of those skills we're saying you have an entire year <laughs> to practice for next year's festivals just saying there's a possibility to always learn your way around the kitchen no absolutely you know once i get settled in fully here um i definitely want that's definitely one of my things that i want to learn is to make more nepali foods because i know the basics you know but like there's still some things like you know for festivals or things like that that i definitely miss and even you know, my mom being here for the last two weeks, she made like really good food and I miss that. So I definitely need to learn how to make that. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And well, also, the I will say is even though you learn and you like can put your own touch on food, there's never going to be anything like mom's food. Never. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. All right. And uh, so with uh, T-Heart, what's like, what are some of the things that you you do during that? How long is it? Um, what like what's like what's some of the main things uh, when you celebrate Tihar? 
Absolutely. So, you know, for most of the world, like um, that Indian subcontinent, Diwali is like the biggest, one of the biggest festivals, right? But in Nepal, it's more um, better known as Tihar because we have our own little like celebrations that come with it. Um, it is slightly different than Diwali because Diwali is like, you know, festival lights. Tihar is too, but we celebrate a little bit longer. Um, maybe not longer, it's slightly different, I think. Maybe Diwali, some people, some groups, you know, have the same length but it's a little different however in nepal it it's really involves a celebration of worshiping different day like deities for peace and prosperity so on day one it's called kag tihar so we're worshiping crows um crows you know it's one of the holy animals in nepal in tihar it's um the messenger of yama and so we offer sweets and flowers to crows that are outside, you know. And then day two consists of similar thing except for dogs. So I'm sure you've seen photos of this, especially these days, because it's all over, you know, Instagram, Reddit, but it's worshiping dogs, you know, super cute. And a lot of people these days do it purely just to post it on Instagram, which is fine. You know, it's a tradition that people have been doing. But definitely, you know, it's it's a really cool day to celebrate dogs um they're you know worshipped for their love protection loyalty and similar to the crow worshiping we give them you know safe to eat food um we give them flowers and um you know the garland made of flowers as well as the tikka on their um face day three now consists of the cow um, as every, most people know hindus you know one of their most sacred animals is a cow so day three is the celebration of um, cows by doing similar, you know, rituals as the crows and the dogs. And then that's that evening is when Diwali or Tihar is celebrated. So, you know, you, you usually put the colorful, I'm sure you've seen those colorful, like design, intricate designs outside your house. And then on the inside, you decorate it. Um, then you the one of the cool things is you know you get red paint on your the bottom of your hands and then you make like footsteps which signifies uh like welcoming goddess lakshmi into our house you know and then we light oil lamps and lantern all around the houses we put lights up and then we also celebrate um by like doing fireworks and things like that and one of the coolest things is so you know in Christmas or like, you know, Christians celebrate Christmas by going carol singing, right? Caroling, mm -hmm. going door to door. Similar to that, Tihar, it's called Deusi Bailo, so which is pretty much, um, you know, smaller children and people. It doesn't have to be children because even, you know, everyone does it. You go house to house singing Nepali songs, um, asking for money pretty much or like blessings from the olders, older people. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like I've I've done it a couple times, but not like to the full extent. Yeah. But it's pretty much just think of it as caroling. But you're literally going inside the house, performing for other people. You know, singing for people, and you get in return you get money. You know, fruits or sweets or you know, it's just a super fun, um, fun time. And then day four is a Guru Tihar. So. Going, going with, uh, you know, as you can probably tell, it's worshipping a lot of different deities. Now, four is the ox. Um, I don't know too much about this. Um, 
I believe it's just like I said, it it goes back to Hindu mythology again. So I'll leave that to you know until I do further research because like I said, I am religious, but I don't know full extent. But it is um, another big celebration. Now Nepal is unique because you know I mean most countries are unique, but Nepal with the different ethnicities within the Nepali community, um, everyone celebrates a little differently. So. Um, the Newari community, which is one of the biggest communities in Nepal, you know, besides Brahmins or whatever else, mm-hmm. um, they have their own celebration on the four, day four, which is called Mapuza, which is celebrating yourself. Um, you know, you're trying to purify your one's um, your own soul, and then I don't I don't want to get into too much into this because I'm not Newari, so I don't know the ins and outs of this. Um, and like I don't want to step on anyone's toes because it is you know pretty. It is a religious thing, but it's definitely one of the biggest celebrations for Nawaris. Um, and I've been, you know, I've seen people celebrate it, and it's pretty cool. And one of the biggest foods, so, you know, going back to the um, food conversation is, um, so one of the biggest foods that you eat during this um, celebration for Nawaris, I believe, is a yamari, which is a super... Uh, it's a delicacy in the Nawari community. Um, it's pretty much a steamed dumpling. No, it's not like momos, but it's a sweet version of momos, I guess. So you have, you know, rice flour on the outside. And then in the inside, it's a sweet filling. Um, they call it chaku, which is pretty much, I believe, like um, sugar cane and ghee and nuts all like cooked in a pot until it melts and then you fill the dough with it and then you um boil it or they steam it sorry not boil it you steam it in a steamer and it's really good i've had it a couple times um like i said growing up i i I didn't do it because we're not nevaris but definitely one of the biggest things around that community and then the last day so day five uh this is also something that i had never celebrated until this year actually it's called Baitika. So Bai in Nepali means brother. However, it's just a celebration of the love of brothers and sisters. So usually, you know, sisters, they give tika and offerings um, and then the flower garlands to their brothers, different, um, you know, different ceremonies. It happens during the day. There's different rituals that you have to do in a sense. And there's different, you know, mantras or chants that you have to chant throughout and it's a really fun time but like i said i had never done this before this year so when i moved to ottawa i don't have you know any direct sisters but my cousin's sister she lives in ottawa so we got me my brother my cousin and my cousin brother we all got to celebrate together by you know doing the tika and the puja and just giving each other um, offerings. And the good thing about the sisters is they get to do all the work, but they also get paid. You know, they get a um, offering of, you know, we usually the guys have to give, um, you know, money or gifts to the sister that gives us the puja or the offerings. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting and very, like, very comprehensive uh, festival. And that's so lovely. And I bet, like, how how did it feel like to be able to like you know celebrate that last day when like it was not something you used like you were aware about but like you couldn't because you know circumstance you don't have a sister so 
how did how did that go experiencing it for the first time it was pretty cool um usually so like uh, my brother actually had done it before, so I was the only one missing, right? So uh, my brother, when he went to Hawaii a couple of years ago, my cousins from Australia came up there. And so my brother got to celebrate with one of my cousin's sisters from Australia. But for me, it was completely new, you know, like I've done different celebrations, different um, pujas within, you know, Nepali festivals. But this was a pretty unique one because the, it's slightly different because in Dose, like I said, you give the red tikka on... Um, on your forehead, right? Mm-hmm. However, with um, with Baitika, it's a little different because you get like a... So I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. Um, on your forehead, you get like... Of course, so all the colors that we use is like you can buy it at an Indian store. It's, you know, it's just Rangoli or... Um, I guess, yeah, that's the best way to explain it. You get a small, thin U shape on your forehead, you know, from the top of your forehead and then curves by your eyebrows and then goes up again and then within that you you put different colors of tika so it's not just red like dust say but you, you know you get all the color of the of the rainbow red orange yellow green blue indigo violet or you know if, if you want to mix it up mix up the colors and do it but it's just a more colorful than just a normal red tika that you we usually get so it's pretty interesting to get that and then i think just a gift giving i think on in dusty usually when you give money to each other you get it from other people you know you get gifts and stuff but this this one i think it's a little bit more celebration of the sisters where you give them more than you receive i guess but even then like it's the thoughts that count because they still have to give you you know uh, gifts here and there they still have to give you like fruits and desserts and sweets and things like that mm-hmm so overall it was really cool and like i said never done it before and got to do it this year and it was a pretty cool um thing oh that sounds amazing and i'm happy for you that you were able to experience some part like that part of like the festival that you usually don't get to on that topic do you want to co-own sherlock so that he can have a garland of flowers around himself you know what (laughs) next time next year bring him there and that's the thing you don't even have to like have a dog to do it because some of the times in nepal there's so many stray dogs you know that's a topic for another episode but there's so many stray dogs and you know if someone doesn't have a dog by themselves they go to their family who does or even they find like a stray dog in the streets and they offer um you know the blessings and garlands to them so honestly if you want to bring sherlock next year would be happy to do it hey sherlock's always down for attention (laughs) so no and i was actually reading about it and i was like oh my god this is a festival that the doggos look so happy and they like they get like you know they get their like what you mentioned like on their forehead and everything and i'm just like oh my god yes i've seen this <laughs> everywhere <laughs> uh, but i bet yeah maybe i'll think like i'll try to plan it around so that sherlock sherlock can come and bring some joy to people down in ottawa absolutely as i was speaking sherlock looked at me and he's like what are you signing me up for <laughs> he's ready for it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's just right now trying to pretend like, oh, I don't know about it, but he'll be down. He'll be down for it. So, so you know, festivals across the world, they're very different. And like you've ex- like you've done marvelous explaining a little bit like what happens through every day, what do you observe, the significance of each one of these. So, um, what would you say? Uh, you know, every single festival is very unique and very special in its own way. Uh, what would you say are some of those uniqueness about Dase and what are some of the 
like what like what makes these two festivals very special and unique absolutely um so i think one of the biggest thing is just the length of it i'm sure you notice like both dusty and t-hard they go into multiple days even weeks sometimes um you know you don't really see that in western holidays too much like chris you know christmas is usually one day um maybe easter and you know um easter and that time is a little bit more than one day but most of the holidays are one day um the only other big holiday that i can think of is not holiday but like a you know a celebration is ramadan for muslims i guess where you know they fast for the whole month and then have a big party at the end but with dust and tr like i said you know it goes on for days and the other really cool thing is just the different ways people celebrate it um like i said the different ethnic groups within nepal itself they celebrate it in so many ways and they have their own like ways of doing different things of course there's always a big overarching theme right so like we all are nepalis at the end and we all celebrate it you know the main ways i guess but in in the smaller picture you know like people celebrate so many ways like even take my parents um families like my mom like you know when i was doing baitika this past week my mom was telling me like her family did it slightly different than the way we were doing it here and it's it's pretty cool to see how you know there is an overarching theme but in the end like everyone has slightly different takes on it and every one has different ways to do blessings and pujas and just make um the different kinds of like offerings well that's i guess yeah you i think there's room for people to like as with any other holiday people like wouldn't say change the essence of it but just like the way that it's being run by the family changes and then it becomes like family tradition on top of a like a national or cultural tradition um in that way yep exactly yeah and the other thing is like you know i mentioned how hinduism and nepali and india you know they go based off the lunar calendar so with you know uh tihar it's celebrated on a new moon night of the eighth month in the hindu calendar so you know i honestly i personally don't know all the months in the hindu calendar but usually like i said um in the western calendar that usually translates to around october november time so usually in the fall um early winter late fall stages oh yeah that's the thing with lunar calendars you never know when they're going to happen because we with the gregorian calendar we base it on the sun which is less precise than the lunar calendar um but yeah so like i guess like it's like shifts throughout the year maybe at some point it will shift more towards the beginning of october starting to get into like late summer months because that's how the lunar calendar works yep absolutely so uh what are some of your favorite things about like I already know you're going to say food, so I will allow you as long as you elaborate on it. <laughs> what are some of like your favorite things to do throughout these times? Um one of the biggest things that I miss is like, you know, I I haven't lived in Nepal or I haven't gone back to Nepal during the festival time, but I think one of the best things is just the family like I mentioned earlier, like literally Dasan Tihar is like especially Dasay is one of the biggest festivals where literally everyone in the family gets together you know that doesn't happen too often um so definitely 
I would have to say the family aspect of it, especially because, you know, when you live far away from most of your, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles, it's kind of hard to celebrate to the full extent, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing, of course, you already said it, the food, you know, like, especially the amount of food that people make, like, it's crazy. It's not just to, like, eat ourselves, but for, like, just as an offering, you know, like, like I said earlier, I, I, I want to say it's, like, 16 different types of, like, sweets during Tihar, but literally, and, like, my mom will literally, some like, some years she's made all the kinds of sweets, and, like, it's for offerings, but, of course, we get to eat it after, you know, after you offer it to the gods. So definitely a good time, but that's also when you gain the most weight because it's pretty much like deep fried food, sugary foods and a lot of meat. So one thing I haven't touched upon actually is so one of the biggest foods like for non-vegetarian people is kosikomasu which is translates to goat meat. Um so as Hindus we don't really eat beef but goat is something that you know a lot of people eat during especially dosa time. Um, we do goat sacrifices. Um, side note, I have seen a goat being slaughtered before <laughs> at a temple, and it was traumatizing. Um, just as a side note, because I went to this one like really famous temple in Nepal, and the guy was trying to. This is gonna be NSFW, so if you don't want to hear like you know the details, skip the next like ten twenty seconds. But yeah, just so the, just skip through it. <laughs> yep. So the guy tried to cut the goat's neck, but then the knife was super like blunt. So he just instead of like hacked at the goat's neck, and I felt so bad for the goat. Like usually, like I'm a meat eater, so like I don't really, you know, care. But at that moment, I'm like, shit, I felt so bad. But thankfully, they found like a sharper knife and then did the deed. But definitely, you know, when when you're a kid and you see that, it's like whoa. But like you know, as a kid, if you're growing up in Nepal, you see that pretty much every year, so you get like desensitized to it but for me if seen that for that for the first time ever it was like what the heck you know but definitely goat meat is one of the most like cooked um food during dose um and there's so many ways to make it you can make it into a curry you can like have it um fried you can have it like especially these days living in canada i i love to like roast it or barbecue it it's a little bit harder to barbecue because it is a tougher and goat meat for people that haven't had it it does if you don't cook it properly it does smell pretty like not bad it just smells bad um so that's why you got to cook it thoroughly and properly but with goat meat also you know coming to us canada a lot of families they don't want to take a whole goat by themselves so what they do is they go to like a farm and a farmer you know like usually kills the goat and then div- divides it amongst the families and we all take like a portion of it and we make it and even with the goat people also myself included we've also had the insides of the goat so you know like lung stomach intestines some people even have brains i think i've tried brain a couple once not my pref- preferred part of the body but the other parts i don't mind especially because the way we make it is you like just pretty much fry it fry it fry it fry it fry it and it turned they call it bhutan and it's a it's really good you know with like spices and salt and stuff but definitely goat is one of the most like eaten foods and i i do love it usually i am not a goat person but during that time if you're not a vegetarian you definitely need to have goat okay that's very interesting and very good thing to know 
But I bet, like, sometimes, yeah, family sounds like, honestly, during those big festivals and holidays is, like, one of the, it's so good to be able to do that with family. It reminds me a little bit of the holiday season. Absolutely. So, like, you know, uh, to put it into simple terms, our, like, you know, Hindus, Nepalese, our Christmas and New Year's and, you know, the biggest festivals for you guys, this is literally that for us, right? Like, Das NTR is our Christmas where all the family comes together and we do all the celebrations. And then, that, that, hey, that's, that's another thing, right? Like, not... And that's the thing of living, I guess, on like the Western side and making Western society and culture like the standard or the reference uh, is that in some other parts of the world, uh, the important holidays line up differently, right? So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you just try to, you know, celebrate as best as you can. And it's kind of hard because, like I said, I don't know all the rituals and and I guess that's me being not the, too much of a religious person, but you know, it's it's never a bad idea to keep your traditions and cultures alive. Oh, it's not. I definitely agree with that. And I think that's just, yeah, I just like in terms of like facilitating uh, to everyone being able to celebrate some of those. I think some accommodations need to be done. But once again, that's another topic as per usual. Uh, so, Rishank, having celebrated this holiday this year, uh, kind of like what what is something that you always kind of like look forward so now that days are over what are you looking forward for next year for them um i think just continuing with that um by tika so you know and now if i continue to live in ottawa we'll continue to do that with my cousins here and then i think I, one of the things I really want to do is go to Nepal to celebrate it because, like I said, I haven't been back to Nepal to celebrate Dase OTR since I was five or six years old, right? So a long time, twenty, almost 20 years, 21 years. So I definitely want to go back because some of my fondest memories is watching the fireworks um, from the rooftops because, you know, Nepal housing is very different to Canada housing, U.S. housing, where... We have rooftops that you can go like chill on, right? It's flat rooftops. It's not slanted like here. So you can go to the top and literally watch fireworks from every house out there. Also, one of the biggest, um, you know, things that people do during Dulce is actually fly kessel, uh, sorry, fly kites. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone has big, big flights and they fly it from their rooftops and, it's it's a lot of fun, so definitely want to go back to you know all that. Uh, that'll be so great and lovely, especially like getting into where the like there's nothing like celebrating something where where it is like one of the main things, but they also uh, they all you also see a lot of of like the originality of it. Yep, absolutely. I, you know, I, I wish I knew more of the religious aspect, you know, the Hindu mythology aspect of it, so I can explain it in better detail. And I'm sure there's so many people that are listening that are, you know, just shaking their heads at me for not fully explaining it. But you know what? I would love to have people on to explain it more than I could. And yeah, let's talk to some people about like what their experiences are in terms of celebrating some of these holidays and how they do it so like everyone who is listening can get a little bit of a sense of like 
what it is. What does it look like in different households or in different places? Absolutely. Well, you know, with that, I actually reached out to a couple of my friends that, you know, wanted to explain to me what they usually do with their friends and family or like, you know, and some of the things about like Nepali festivals, it's, it is sometimes very strict. So, you know, it's very religious. So one of the biggest things, you know, that a lot of people don't like, especially the new generation is that if you're a girl and you're on your period, you can't celebrate these because you're thought to be impure, right? So that's an old traditional way of thinking. However, a lot of, you know, younger generation, my generation, people don't really like that because it's like, you know, periods aren't as taboo as they used to be, or they shouldn't be anymore. So, you know, girls are trying to change that. And, you know, I really wanted to talk about that with a couple of friends and this is what you know we talked about so the first guest we have on today is uh one of my closest friends sneha mesher she currently lives out in alberta uh, she's a financial analyst she's also training to be a yoga teacher and you can always hit uh follow her hit her up on beauty by sneha which is her instagram um again we'll mention that at that towards the end but you know so the topic today was Dax NTR and I wanted to get a little bit more, you know, perspective. I've said my part. Now we wanted to hear from other people, you know, in the Nepali community about how they celebrate Dax NTRs, what they like about it, what they don't like about it. So, Stan, what's up? Hey, Vrishank. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. You know, you're a good friend of mine and we talk quite often, but, you know, we've never had a deep discussion about such a topic as Das ATR, even though we're both, you know, Nepali and we celebrate it. So exactly. And I think it's cool how we had so many similarities now we celebrated it because we both grew up in um, Saskatchewan uh, for a portion of our lives, which uh, wasn't the most diverse place. <laughs> so we had to get creative in our celebrations, I feel. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, one of the first questions I'm gonna ask you is, what do you usually do for Das ATR? You know, like, how do you celebrate it? Like, what do you do? For sure. So um, I guess uh, things have changed a little bit since after I graduated and, you know, um, moved out on my own uh, as they do, which we can talk about a little bit later, maybe when we talk about how the future is going to celebrate things. But growing up, um, we would do tikka, um, every, you know, my mom would tell us when it was Maha Estami, when it was Naomi um, and kind of give us like a brief description um, and then she'd make prasad. And usually on the last day of the say, we would have a big party and, you know, we'd invite over all the family friends and then it'd be fun. We'd play like different games and we'd kind of get like um, for me and my brothers anyway, we'd get like a glimpse into how our parents celebrated, which um, is worlds different from what I experienced. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what I said early in the episode, how back in Nepal, you have so much family come over, you know, it's it is the biggest festival in Nepal and you have so much family, yeah. you know, everyone comes over, you have a good time, but then you come to a place like Canada where it's pretty much, you know, your immediate family only. So quite the downstep in size, right? Oh, totally, totally. And like, um, you know, it's, it's nice because I guess in a way, like your family friends become your family and you get that closeness, but um, yeah, it, it's really different. And I feel for, you know, our parents and, and even my cousins who got to grow up with that, like there's some sort of nostalgia and, you know, it's kind of like for us, um, Christmas and Halloween and stuff in North America are super big. If we went to a place where we just had to celebrate it kind of in a home, which is essentially what we had to do for the say, it would probably feel a little bit isolating. Absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things I personally miss is just having so much like 
family around and you nailed it when you said you know your family friends become your family but again it's really hard to replicate like you know i come from a big family back in nepal so having so many people you know come over for whether it's like tika or tr you know when they do they sue both Um, yeah so i remember people would come to our house to do it um but like i guess for me and my brothers we felt so removed from the tradition like we didn't really know what it was it was similar to like the mummers tradition which uh is something that happens out on the east coast so i had a little bit of relativity that way but um yeah it was always interesting but for us it kind of felt like we were observing rather than participating which kind of sucks because uh when i hear your stories and stories of my cousins and family it sounds like it'd be so much fun to like participate in that type of environment exactly and you know another thing that you brought up that i hadn't really talked about in this episode was you know saskatchewan we really didn't have like nowadays it's changed but back in when we were growing up there wasn't many nepali families around so we couldn't you know celebrate fully with all the nepali community as some places other places you know like vancouver toronto or the states really do it so for us it was like a double whammy almost oh absolutely and i think for us because we both did grow up in the united states um it was a totally different experience. Like I grew up in New England and um, I remember Dasaitihar were always these huge celebrations. You'd have people from multiple states coming in, you know, you'd have those big parties and then, yeah, you move to Canada and it's just so different. Um, and it's, it's interesting because very few people have that type of experience where they've, you know, kind of lived in Nepal, in the United States and in Canada and just kind of experienced Um, these celebrations in such different ways and like varying forms yep exactly and i mean you have to adjust to what was given to you so and along with that i guess for you what are some of the like you know talk about talk to us to us about some of your favorite things that you've done in the past and even nowadays you know i know you like live in alberta which is far from where your parents and brothers live but what do you do these days to you know try to celebrate Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Okay, so one of my favorite things about Dasa and Tihar growing up and still is that um, we get to dress up because I don't normally get to wear like, you know, desi clothing like that. Um, And that was really fun. And that's actually like a a really big bonding moment for me and my mom because um, on those days we would spend the whole day getting ready, getting pampered. I would do her makeup and it would just be a really fun time. And um, during that time, she'd also be teaching me a little bit about the culture and history. And that's just irreplaceable to me. I love those memories and um, it's something I'll cherish. And growing up here and like living on my own and kind of having to modernize our cultural celebrations while still keeping that like attachment to heritage. It's definitely been a challenge, but to be honest, I'm really grateful for social media and technology because um, every day of this, my mom would text me, like I said, happy Naomi, right? And then to tell me uh, what it meant. Or, you know, she'd be like, may Goddess Durga bless you. Today is the day that this happened. And it was just such a lovely way to start my day because I got to, you know, have that knowledge about um, what these celebrations mean to me, what they mean for my heritage, what they mean for my people, um, my countrymen, my religion. Um, and then I also got to share that knowledge with other people. And I think that's that's really wonderful. Um, 
I do have like other family members here. So I, I'll usually go to like, um, you know, my Paul's house, my Didi's house, and um, we, we'll do Tika. And a really nice thing is we can FaceTime family. So we'll FaceTime either like, you know, grandparents or, or parents and stuff in Nepal um, or parents and family in Canada. And it's really awesome because it kind of feels like we get to share this celebration um, in a bigger way. And that, that's, been, that's been really positive. Absolutely. You know, two things that you said that stuck out to me was number one, the FaceTiming um, blessings. Like, yeah. I love that because, you know, especially these days, like people actually put tikas on their phone to signify yeah. the <laughs> blessings. So like, it, yeah, I love it. And yeah. the second thing is the cultural um, aspects of it. Like, that's one thing I really wanted to talk to you about because, you know, earlier in the episode, I described it from like a guy's perspective. But girls in Nepal have been traditionally, you know, on the lesser, like inferior to men, which sucks, but that's what it's been. And these days with our generation, we're slowly changing that. And one of the biggest things that people are changing is like, you know, the view on periods and how we celebrate Das ATR when girls are on their periods. Like, you know, like back in Nepal, if you're on your period, you literally can't celebrate because they think you're impure, which yeah, is, you, which you're really ostracized. Exactly. For a so natural like, body process. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, like going forward, you know, you can maybe you'll touch up on this, but like how how do you think we should like change that as society, as like Nepalese, as people? Like what's a step what's a step forward in that direction? I actually love that you brought that up. Um, because it's that's something I'm I'm pretty passionate about. Uh Obviously, since I grew up here, I guess I didn't have to um, deal with uh, some of the restrictions that most maybe girls in Nepal have to deal with on their period, but I am familiar with them from visiting and, and from discussions. I just think going forward, we need to educate. Like, uh, menstruation is a natural part of the human life cycle, and it is necessary for the creation of new life. We menstruate because we ovulate and we ovulate because we literally can bring forward the next generation. So instead of it being something that's looked at as disgusting and, and kind of ostracized, I think it should be blessed or I'm not saying we need to be, you know, praying to women when they're on their periods or anything. But I, I definitely think that we need to understand that this is a natural process, like good for you for going through this and going through this pain so that you can bring forward the next generation of humans. And I think that if there's that sort of appreciation, um, you know, for older people especially, um, and for younger people and, and maybe more towards men because maybe men don't understand it from the same perspective of experiencing it, right, rather than seeing it. Obviously, you do, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you've, you've taken the time to, like, understand and be sensitive towards it, which I appreciate. No, absolutely. And like, that's one thing that, you know, really makes me happy is that our generation has been more aware of that. It's like, you know, it's a natural process that why are we ostracizing, you know, women for having a natural process? You know, that's what they go through. It, yeah. It's not impure. It's not anything negative. It's just what happens. And, you know, they should be able to celebrate just as much as anyone else. Oh, absolutely. I just I just don't understand how it could ever be thought of as impure when children and, and newborns and birth are thought of as so pure, right? Exactly. I'm sure <laughs> it goes back to the religious aspect, which, you know, like I explained earlier, I, I'm not too religious, so I don't know the full religious aspects of, like, you know, each celebration. So maybe someone out there who, you know, who actually knows it can educate me and everyone else about it. But mm -hmm. as far as I see it, and as far as we see it, like, especially us, like, living in the Western world, even Nepal yeah. these days, I feel like a lot of Nepalese, you know, are becoming more and more aware of, like, 
negative things like that. So it's really good to see. Yeah, no, that's super positive. It's always good to see growth in the next generation, right? It's really showing that we took our parents' sacrifices and gifts and we're using it for the better. Absolutely. So you kind of touched up on this earlier, but like the future of Dasa and TR, what does it look like for you, your family? Like, you know, what what's one thing that you really want to do for the upcoming Dasa and TRs? Oh, oh, that's so interesting. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit to Tihar because I didn't talk about it as much. But um, my favorite, okay, two favorite, Kukur Puja is awesome because dogs are freaking awesome. But Bhaitika is like my favorite holiday because obviously, you know, I've got two little brothers and I love them very, very much as I know you love your brother very much. Um, and I just love that day because in my household, it was always just about celebrating your siblings. And I, I remember, you know, like in Nepal, you'll give like what sale roti sweets and stuff. But like uh, one year I gave my brothers, it was like Smackdown versus Raw 2010, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, you know, we started doing stuff like that. I gave them COD another year, GTA. Like we kind of started modernizing the, the gift aspect of it. Um and so I guess in the future or, or going forward, the next Dasa Tihar, like 2022, um, I would really like to see like a celebration with like the younger generation, you know, like it's so fun to celebrate with our families and stuff and, and get that like a uh, heritage aspect. But I think it'd be really cool for us just to come together and have a party, you know, um, dress up. We could talk about the Saitihar, maybe have like a discussion, but, um, you know, just really celebrate because at the end of the day, the beauty of these things is that it brings people together. It allows us to celebrate. It allows us to have a good time. And I think that we've got to make that happen. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up Baitika because like I literally got to celebrate that for the first time ever this year, this oh, past, yeah. like, you know, last week. So it was super cool to be involved in that. And it's just something different and something that I've never done before. So yeah, I can see why you enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Did we ever do Bhaitika growing up? Because I feel like one year we did Dase or Tihar in Regina. I think we did Dase, but I've not, like, we've never done TR, I think. Or like, really? we've never done Bhaitika. Yeah. Well, we've never done tikka, but I feel like our parents have put tikka on. Oh, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Like your sure. parents have put tikka on yeah. me, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. I feel like it's weird for us to do it. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but Kate, there's another thing that I guess we can talk about, like for tikka, right? Like friends putting tikka on each other. Is it, Does it happen in Nepal? I don't know. I don't think so, because as far as I can tell, I mean, there's probably different because like, like I mentioned earlier, there's so many different variety ways of celebrating even Dasa and Tihar, right? And there's so many ethnic groups within mm -hmm. Nepal that celebrate slightly different ways. Absolutely. Like, you know, so I think maybe there is, an, but like for the most part, Dasa and Tihar and most Nepali festivals, it's usually the elders giving the younger people, you know, the tikka and the blessings mm -hmm. and the prasads. Where... And the datsina. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Can't the about that. So, <laughs> I don't, like, I've never seen that friend to friend, but maybe it happens somewhere there. Yeah, maybe. Well, we could change that if we wanted to. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sure, you know, there's there's so many festivals around, like, you know, Kids Day, Parents Day. Why not have a Friendships Day, right? Honestly, we should be having a Friendship Day. Exactly. Um. <laughs> So, you know, with Dase Tihar, you know, there's so many things that happens, but one of, obviously, one of the biggest things is food. You know, you can't go to a Nepali party without talking about <laughs> food. You cannot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your favorite foods? What are your favorite, like, things to see in around the, around the festival time? 
Oh, okay. Um, so actually things have changed a little bit be- since I've become vegan because um, there's like cussy, obviously I can't eat, um, which is a big part of, of the festivals. Um, but I like, I like halwa a lot. I like sale. I like puri. Um, I like achar. Like my mom makes such a good like alu achar. It's, it's delicious. Um, and I really like chana, but I'm honestly not picky because all of our food is just is so delicious and I just stuff my face. I remember one year I invited some friends over for Dasai and okay, you know how like Nepali parties, we got our snacks, which are basically a meal. And then like half an hour later, it's dinner, which is like an even bigger meal. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know that <laughs> we had snacks and they were stuffed. Right. And then my mom's like, okay, guys, come. It's time for dinner. And I just remember the shock on their faces when they saw the rest of the food that was out. And um, it kind of, you know, made me realize that for us and for a lot of immigrant groups, food is such an important part of our customs. And it really brings us together. And, you know, like, I think one of the the biggest signs of warmth um, that we have in our culture is like, you know, at the end of a party, um, an auntie's in the kitchen and obviously she's got a lot of extra food and she's packing it up and giving it to people. Like, I just love how that generosity and that giving, it just continues, you know, throughout the night. Absolutely. You know, before I would hate taking like leftover foods because we already have, usually we already have like so much food at our right? homes. But now living on your own, it's like, uh, I want that food to take home, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, like that's the blessing. Like I I just feel like people who make extras for the people who live on their own, like they deserve a p- special place in heaven. They're amazing. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, roti is always good and you know, I know you're a vegan, but like yeah. my favorite is definitely Costco Masu like I talked earlier about. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's so many ways to make it and I think What's your like, favorite? I definitely just like like with chura, which like for people that don't know what chura is, it's pretty much beaten rice flat like you know rice with that and kosikamasu or like goat meat is amazing like not the day it's made but like leftovers like when it's yeah. like you know, <laughs> oh that's the best but my dad likes that too <laughs> oh yeah i love it or like even you know a lot of people even me included like the insides of a goat like the intestine stomach liver all that i know it's a little on the some people <laughs> might not like it but like honestly that the way my mom makes it with like super fried it's like pretty good i think how does she make it? I always, like, Kate, even before, I've only been vegan for two years, but you know before I've always kind of been, like, uh, when it comes to meat. Yeah. Um, so, like, I remember once we were somewhere and they they had a goat and they were cooking it in the garage. <laughs> and it just, I think it was the stomach because I remember something, like, ballooning out of the pot. It was so <laughs> funny. But yeah, how do yeah. they cook the liver and intestines? Is yeah, it, like, so a... Like- those you have to like just clean it really well because they stink pretty bad oh i bet Uh, yeah (laughs) you have to like clean them really well and then you also have to like cook them like way like most people make it it's called bhutan they usually like you know fry it and put some spices in it and just serve it Mm -hmm. with like rice or chura or anything really oh okay Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever tasted it. I've obviously had kasi before, like when I was younger, but I stayed away from the internal organs. So I know, like, you know, <laughs> vegan options, there's lots of vegan options for, like, oh, yeah, there is. Like, Thanksgiving, there's tofurkey. So is there any substitute for, like, goat meat or? Um, yeah, okay, honestly. So when I was in, when I was at home um, during COVID, which was 
nice to be able to spend that much time with our family. And I know we both have talked about that. Um, yeah, so my mom was making a cussy console for my dad because he likes cussy. And um, I don't like I really like the the whole part, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to eat it if it's been cooked with cussy. So she made me um, a Beyond Me cussy console. And um, it was pretty good, honestly. Like it was not as thick because like, you know, it didn't have the meat and all that, but it had the same taste and everything. And having a hot bowl of that with rice, it was actually really, really good. You know, as I'm watching the rain fall outside, that sounds really good right now. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, oh, I need to really... learn how to make it. I will teach you. It's actually not that bad. And the huh. Beyond Meat tastes, like, it holds up pretty good, and it tastes pretty good, like, in that zone. I love Beyond Meat. Like, I've been a fan of it ever since, like, it got introduced. And I can see why you would make, you know, zole with that stuff. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's superior to, like, light life and stuff. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you talked about, like, Dust ATR. What, mm -hmm. What's, like, if you were to go to Nepal, say, next year for Dust ATR, what's one thing that you really, really want to do? Oh, oh my God. Um, okay, well, you know, to be honest, in the past few years, I've just become a lot more spiritual and, and um, really appreciative of my heritage and history. So I would want to go and see a celebration at a temple and I would want to just sit in the contemplative silence and, and watch it. Um, I remember when I was younger and I went to Pashpati, like there is just so much going on. And it was just amazing to sit back and like take it all in. And I think that would be super, super awesome. Uh, and of course, I would look forward to the tikka and celebration with my family and, you know, kind of getting to experience what you got to experience and what my parents got to experience. And like, you know, with like a big group of people and having a forehead full of tikka and rice. Looks like a vibe. You got to experience it at least once. Of course, got to get the photos for the gram. You do, you do. And man, sometimes that tikka, like, it gets big. People are wondering, you know, what the heck is that? Probably. And, you know, and sometimes, honestly, I think people make it bigger just to make it bigger because. Yes, for the picture. Exactly. No, absolutely. Because, <laughs> like, you know, no one wants a small one. You know, you get the small ones on a daily basis, but, but the bigger ones, you know, you. And, like, sometimes, like, especially if you go to, like, the villages and stuff like that, they have <laughs> their whole foreheads are covered. Yeah, honestly. Like, it's caked with rice and tikka. You can't even move because it's heavy. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it's always a good time. It's super colorful, right? Like, all red. And then you have the zamar, which is all green. Oh, it and... is. Actually, I wanted to talk about that. Um, one thing I really appreciate about Dasai Tihar and just the way we celebrate is how we bring nature into it. You know, with zamra, with, with fruit, with nuts, with just that appreciation for nature. I just love that because it, I don't know, it just makes the experience feel so much more grounding and, and so much more, it inspires more connectivity. Absolutely. And, you know, that's along the lines of TR where we're celebrating, you know, whether it's crows, dogs, cows, ox, or, you know, Baitika. It's just, I think, Hinduism and, like, the religion. Karmic faiths. Exactly. Does yeah. a really good job of tying nature with ourselves and the soul. And just, it is, it's a very deep connection between, you know, all the cosmic uh, it, it is. No, you're right. And I love that because it, it makes you understand that while you are unique and you're special and you're, you know, you're here for your purpose, you're also 
part of this bigger collective and you're part of something bigger than yourself. And I think that our our belief system and our celebrations really reinforce that feeling. And that's like a really uplifting and like spiritually powerful feeling. Absolutely. And so with that, Sneha, any last words for our listeners on, you know, Dasa ATR or any of the activities uh, around this time? All I got to say is, um, you know, if you're going to celebrate Dasa ATR with me next year, I'm so down for you to come. But you take selfies before the celebration starts because as soon as you've got Dika, your pictures are done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a pretty good tip, but unless you know you want to post photos with red. Oh, all you do you. before and after, before <laughs> exactly. and after, you know. <laughs> exactly. So not a bad choice. We definitely, you know, we haven't celebrated together, so definitely need to celebrate it together. So you know, you should come visit Ottawa. We'll celebrate. You know, whoever wants to come to Ottawa, let's celebrate together. Let's make it happen, Vrishing. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. No worries. Thanks for joining me. Of course, to the listeners, that was Sneha Mishra. From all the way from Alberta on the other side of the country right now. Uh, very, very close and good friend of mine. She, like I said earlier, she's a financial analyst, training to be a yogi teacher. So, you know, if you want to learn that, hit her up. And her Instagram is Beauty by Sneha. Thank you so much for sharing. I hope you have a blessed day. Perfect. Thanks, Sneha. Thanks for sharing. And for our second guest today, we have Asta Pandey Kanan from vancouver british columbia who's a very good and close friend of mine you know we've been friends for a couple years now um she's probably one of my closer friends out in vancouver um but she's here to talk to me about dasan tihar hi prashank how are you i'm well thank you so much for having me this is a very exciting topic to talk about yeah no worries so let's get right into it because you know we've already had a guest from Calgary, Alberta. So now we're getting the other, you know, other Western side of the country. Um, so Asta, you know, my first question for you is, what do you typically do for Dase TR? You know, how do you celebrate it? Because I know your parents live on the other side of the uh, world. So like, you know, how do you celebrate it with them? How do you celebrate it with yourself? And, you know, just walk me through that. Yeah, having never really lived in Nepal um, and only have, having spent Dasai in Nepal once as an adult, um, I, I will say uh, the way we celebrate is quite different than, than we do in Nepal because I feel like the amount of family members, um, the amount of fam like homes you go to and you visit and you get Dika and Dotsina from um, is far greater than I would have in China growing up there and right now in Vancouver as well. Dalsang isn't just a one-day situation, it's a multiple-day situation. So every single day there's a little thing that my mom would do. Um, frankly, growing up I never understood what we did, but it was just mainly different types of pujas, rituals, prayers. And then Tika was, I think, my favorite day because you would get all these dochina, um, like money from the elders, and they put like this um, Tika on your head. And sometimes it would be like some grass in your ears, some flowers in your ears. So it was always very um, interesting to me initially until I started understanding what it actually meant. Um, so for the nine days, um, I think we would just do like Mahashtami uh, Puja, Gautastapana is like the first day, which is a very, very important day. So that would that was a big day. Everyone would come to our place. My mom would do like this massive puja. We'd eat a lot of sel roti. We would do like a sel roti making party. We were very food focused in our household. Um, 
and my mom and dad would do most of the pujas so the kids weren't super involved and then it was um i think tikka is lasts around three days like the last three days and when you're living abroad you don't have much family to go to you just live with your mom and dad and your sibling um so your family friends become your family and they come over or you go over to them and then you put tikka on there so we almost like created a new family for us outside and we actually call ourselves family even in vancouver i live with my uncle and aunt who are actually not um related to us by blood but they were college friends of my parents in china and they moved here to canada so i go over to theirs in every single festival um so yeah just a lot of eating a lot of pujas and a lot of bhajans and a lot of um dressing up and tikka so that oh that Yeah. That sounds exciting like you know I feel like there's so many ways that people celebrate like you know the CTR there's usually an overarching theme but everyone has their own like special ceremonies or events that they usually do um yeah. so you know what's one thing that you really like to change about the CTR you know some of the traditions that really you know back in the day okay sure they flew but nowadays not really you know so Definitely. Um we actually created a huge change this year and it was a big deal for me because I had a huge rile up with my mother about why does why does the husband put tikka on the wife but the wife doesn't get to put tikka on the husband does the wife's blessing not matter. And then the justification was um it's not about the relationship it's more about the age. Thus I thus I usually the elderly puts tikka on on anyone who's younger than them so in my case dad's older than me that's why he puts tikka on me and then my counter question was okay so in the case that if the wife is older than the husband what would you do and then my mom couldn't say anything cuz she knew that in that situation it's still the husband putting tikka on the wife because in relation um husbands are for some reason um greater than wives in our culture so me and Hussein we got talking my husband and I we got talking um and we thought you know what what is this bs why why is that i get to bless you and i don't get any blessings from you asta so the two of us decided ikkitsuti at the same time we will put tikka on each other and give each other dachina and give each other blessings put um uh mitai which is sweets in each other's mouths um instead of doing it one way and we also did that with our friends so i have a friend who's dating one of my bhais someone younger than me so i used to put tikka on her because in relation i was didi but older sister but this year i told her i was like this is super patriarchal you're actually older than i am so in fact you should be putting tikka on me cuz you're the didi so we thought you know what why don't we just both put tikka on each other and we did that and it felt really good cuz i was giving blessings and i was receiving blessings and for tihar i would really like to change bhai tikka ko concept bhai tikka used to be my favorite festival year round because i grew up with a lot of brothers but i didn't have a single sister and um which meant i got a lot of attention from my brothers but i also realized that it's kind of unfair because if you don't have a brother you don't celebrate bhaitika and i saw that in my friends families so i think bhaitika needs to be more of like a sibling festival rather than just you know hey let's fast for our brothers long lives do puja for them and make sure they are safe how about me none of my brothers fasted for me you know 
I got money, yes, I got gifts, yes, I was happy as a child. But when you think about it, I had to do the hard work for their lives. Um, and they didn't do shit. <laughs> so I definitely think that Bhaitika needs to be, I don't know, that's Boini Bhai Didi Istukalkotika, um, rather than just Bhaitika, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. You know, that, <laughs> that's a really good point because even, you know, one of the things that um, our guest earlier, Sneha, talked about was, and, you know, uh, the whole thing with periods, how women, you know, in Nepal, if they're on their periods, they can't really celebrate all these festivals because they're thought to be impure, which, you know, back in the day, okay, sure, that was tradition, that was religion. But nowadays, you know, I feel like that's also something that's changing over time with our generation. Um, you know, I see, I've seen that change. And even you, you've noted perfectly, even the equality of men and women in, you know, in our traditions, I think that's a great thing to change. Um, but I want to now switch to the, you know, more of the happier things of Dasa NTR. So what are some of the fondest memories you have of Dasa NTR from your childhood or even recent times? Um, honestly, every year Dasa NTR felt the same until this year for me, because when you get married in our culture, there's this added layer and added expectation. People, like I've had so many people say, hey, your life has just started. You know, your life has just begun. How are you going to move forward in your life? And in my head, I'm just like, no, my life began 27 years ago when I was born. My life began when I went to school. My life life properly began when I started understanding who I was. So the individual individuality isn't really given much importance when you're married so my first dosai after marriage was supposed to be like this massive deal for people um and it wasn't and i think that's very memorable because i don't want things to change after i'm married i don't want these added layers of expectations after i'm married especially because it the added layers are expected from women not from men um so i think hussein and i talking and putting tika on the both of us together at the same time was a really big um, symbolic thing that we did in our family to prove to people that, hey, even though we're married, we're equals and we've always been equals and we'll continue being equals. Um, so that I think was very important for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so we talked about this with our earlier guests as well, but what are some of your favorite foods that you eat near, um, during the Sayantihar? Um, it's mostly kosiko masu, uh, mutton, goat, lamb, all types of red meats. Um, my family eats beef, so we do eat beef as well, and we make it the, the way kosiko masu is made, so the same spices. Um, and we, yeah, we do like lots of meats and mata because it's lucky for you, apparently. Um, we eat tama, you know, and it's a big excuse for us here in Canada to like to cook all these Nepalese dishes. And finally, the most important thing, sel roti. <laughs> this year we did a sel roti party. Like we actually made our own sel rotis on spot and ate, ate it tat tatu like hot right off the pan, right like off the deep frying oil. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Like I got to make sel roti and I got to boss people around on how to make it because I knew how to do it. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Um, another thing I love to eat is kazuko barfi. It's in Nepal. There's this Indian sweet shop called Angan. 
they have my favorite Kadzuko barfi there. Um, and this year I was able to find a Kadzuko barfi here in Vancouver that tasted exactly like that. So that really made me happy. But yeah, mostly like Kasikomasu, Seruti, and Kadzuko barfi. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> and one thing you said earlier about like, you know, celebrating um, Baitika, which um, for the people that haven't already heard it, you know, previously on this episode is that I celebrated for the first time this year with my cousins here. Yeah. I had never done that. So it was really cool, you know, and and it was something that I had never done. So doing it, I did something that it was new and exciting to me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's so many other traditions that I've missed out on or other people have missed out on that because, like I said earlier, that everyone or even every family, like my dad and my mom's family, they differ slightly in some um, formations or celebrations or pujas that they do, you know. So I'm sure there's so many things to look out for. Um, is there something, anything unique that you guys do in your family that most people maybe haven't heard of or haven't really done? Um, there are many wild things that we do. I always find our traditions like unimaginable traditions that, Nepali people have come up with um, I, but I think specifically to my family um, oh my gosh no I I can't think of something that's like super different oh oh I do th okay I just thought of something um, in Nepal the one year as a young adult that I spent Dasai in Nepal I remember my family, my entire family on my dad's side, we have a kuldevta. So kuldevta means um, the the deity of your household. Um, every household has a deity apparently assigned to them at birth. I don't know, like it's, it's like a family line thing. And our kuldevta, I guess, gets like um, extra love on Dasein and Tihad. But during Dasein, what we do is, and I, I'm, I don't, like I don't, necessarily agree with this because I don't believe in sacrifice but our family buys two live ass goats carries them up all the way up to Sanku. Sanku is a temple uh, or like a, a goddess and slits their throat on Sanku's wall and that wall is covered in blood by other families who do the same thing and I remember sneaking up there even though I wasn't allowed to see that happen and I found that really wild like literally my uncle slipped the throat of a goat to sacrifice him to God and the blood squirts out onto the wall like Sankuko wall um, in a specific manner like that's how you're supposed to do it when you're there um, and what I found interesting was it's actually very similar to Islamic practices of sacrifice. When they sacrifice animals, that's how they cut it. Um, like, it's a halal way of killing, I guess. Like, painless and hygienic way of killing an animal. So I always draw that similarity. Um, so yeah, I think a very strange, wild thing that my family does is sacrifice goats. And this is not my immediate family. This is my extended family. My dad can't even watch blood or like see blood. So he never really allowed us to go there. Um, we would just hike back down when the sacrifice is happening. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that makes you feel. 
but it makes me feel very icky. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I talked about this earlier in the episode with, uh, you know, previously, but the, one of my first memories of going to Manakamna in Nepal was actually get, seeing a goat being sacrificed. However, again, for people that don't want to hear this, please skip the next 10, 20 seconds. But the knife was really dull. So it kind of like just hacked the goat's neck instead of, you know, killing it swiftly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so at that time, I'm like, huh, this, this, this is not good. But then, I mean, I'm still, I, I still love meat. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that says about me, right? So Me too. I love meat. And the, the crazy part is at that age, I thought I would be more traumatized. I wasn't. I was like, okay, this is normal. And I accepted it. And then now when I think back at it, I'm like, whoa, probably shouldn't have been looking at that at that age, you know? And we went home, we cut up that goat. In front of my eyes, I saw my uncle like cutting up that goat, washing it out, cooking it, and all of us had it, you know? <laughs> so that thought is just wild that we killed our own goat and ate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, like, I mean, <clears throat> if I really cared, I guess I would be a vegetarian, but I'm just ignorant about it. <laughs> same, same. I, I, I feel like growing up. <sighs> eating so much meat in china like everything has meat you ask for vegetarian food they'll put meat in it anyway i i i've had it like i think it's really hard for me to become vegetarian yeah absolutely no though and that's that's a really good point um so any you know any last um impressions any last thoughts about does at what you do um for our listeners out there yeah um i think things just need to you know, start being less patriarchal and holidays should evolve for the better and we should introduce some equality between um, genders in our celebrations because one of the things that I've realized um, is Dasai and Tiara are such a big deal in Nepal, you get a massive holiday for it. And it's become an excuse for, excuse my generalization but it's become an excuse for men to drink and hit their wives at home when being drunk and give and give zero shits about their well-being um women don't get a break during Dasaintihar in Nepal um they never get a break in any festivals because they're expected to get up early make the make the food make make the offerings um deal with all the shopping Men just sleep in, get up, start drinking and celebrating. Um, so I definitely think that even though our festivals preach a lot of good um, and they preach a lot of good over evil or the celebrations of light, um, you don't really see that progressiveness within their actions. Um, domestic violence increases by a lot during those times because a lot of um, homemakers, uh, specifically women, have to deal with their husbands being at home longer and drinking for longer hours and beating them. Uh, marital rape increases during this time. Um, and a lot of gender um, roles, like stereotypical gender roles, get assigned from a young age. Um, and I think that needs to change. Just because it's a festival and you're preaching to God doesn't give you the excuse of assigning these stereotypical gender roles at such a young age on people. Um, so yeah, I really think with time, our traditions need to evolve to become a little more equal. 
Absolutely, and you know, I'm so glad you pointed out because it's our it's up to our generation to change that, and mm -hmm. it, it it has been a slow change. But I, you know, I have hope for our generation because most of us have seen you know the other parts of the world and how people should be treated fairly and equally throughout, no matter you know what antique traditions and cultures you might have, you can still apply those to the current you know world how the world goes so i'm so glad you brought that up and no thank you for you know having this amazing discussion with me um and once again that was asapande kanan i hope i'm saying that correctly yes you are uh, um from all the way from vancouver british columbia it was so i'm so happy you were able to you know explain your thoughts and your traditions and just your overall thought process on dasa atr um, and once again, thank you so much, Asta. No, thank you to Two Average Brown Bros for having me. No worries. And we'd love to have you on in the future for, you know, other topics of discussion. So let us know if you're ever interested. 100%. And let's hope that I'm not hungover next time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Asta. Well, that's great to know. And it was so nice to listen to everyone talk about it. I We appreciate everyone who said yes put me in the episode I want to talk about this so thank you and like we said like we're here to learn and I've been learning so much so thank you again for coming uh for joining us in the two average brown bros podcast absolutely yep um without a doubt yeah so you know overall Dustin and TR definitely the more fun festivals in Nepal there's so many others that obviously happen later on you know in the in the year but during this time, you know, October, November, even like, you know, U.S. and Canada and Western cultures, there's a lot of things happening in during this time. So for us, you know, October, November is pretty fun because we get the best of both worlds. We get to celebrate Dulce TR and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas and New Year's as well. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a very good time, Rishank. I think it's one of the benefits of being an immigrant. You get to celebrate the festival or holidays for, you know, your own country as well as wherever you are living. Do you even get work done? Like during the three, like that's three months of just festivals <laughs> and celebrations. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. But that's like, yeah, that's definitely one of the bit nice things of like uh, being an immigrant and uh, and just observing uh, and to keeping uh, the traditions alive from the place of origin. Uh, you get to celebrate what, what where you're being part of, uh, where you move, plus your traditions, and yeah, no, it is pretty, it is pretty great. Though, like like you mentioned, sometimes it's really hard to accommodate for, uh, because it's not the standard, right? So, but it is just so nice that you get more, do get more reasons to celebrate or take a couple of days off. Absolutely. And, you know, if anyone wants to visit Nepal, I would suggest Dasa NTR time is pretty nice to go because most of, you know, people have time off during this time. Um, the, there's it's so much colorful things happening in and around Nepal. It's just overall an amazing time to visit Nepal. And that's lovely. And, well, like, if any possible, I'll add that to my bucket list, you know. Always wanted to visit Asia, so definitely putting Nepal at this specific time in order to get the full essence of, like, culturally the essence of Nepal. Absolutely, yep.
And I'll you know let what? you. Know. I'll let you know. So like, I'll need a. I. I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll need like a, a local person or like someone that knows a little bit about Nepal. So maybe we'll have to plan something together. Absolutely. If I go in the next couple of years, you're definitely welcome to come. There you go. Perfect. So I guess that's uh, that. That is where we're gonna wrap up our conversation about Dase and Tihar. And once again, if you want to share more about um, about your opinion, like what you do to celebrate it or things that like if you actually experience the festivals in Powell or somewhere, if you just always reach out to us. Uh, and if you have any other questions, you can reach out and well, like Rishan will answer them because I can't. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, this is like, like we said, we're always learning. So hopefully everyone learned something this week absolutely and you know what i might not have the answers for some of the more in-depth questions but like andrea just said it's a learning experience so if you ask me that you know i'm definitely going to go and ask other people whom who will probably know and get back to you there we go so all right let's wrap that up and move on to our very last segment of this episode Absolutely, Andres. What are you looking forward to for this fine upcoming November week? What am I looking for this fine November week? Well, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Quebec is lifting again restrict some restrictions uh, across the province. So uh, as of the like, as, like November fifteen is when we're releasing the episode. Uh, that day. Uh, dance floors and karaoke's are back on business, so you know one of the big things about like Montreal is actually the nightlife. It's a, such a vibrant city, so of course you know moving during the summer it was like you could still go to bars, so you still got a sense of it, but you could never like get the real sense of like nightlife in Montreal because it's different from city to city and it's very uniquely it's like very unique to Montreal the way their night scene is. So even though it's still November uh, and we're getting into the colder weather, uh, my friends and I were just very excited to like at least once experience what that nightlife is in Montreal. So we're so down. We've been talking about it for like the past week, week and a half, which is when uh, the government made the announcement. So we're excited about that. Don't know when it's happening, but definitely looking like very much to one of those Montreal nights out because we've all been craving. Uh, we'll be craving it. The city's probably going to go wild because everyone has been craving it for like over a year and a half. Uh, so we'll see. It's already hard enough to get a cab or an Uber when you're out, even though <laughs> clubs were not open. So uh, probably this time I'll have to mentally prep to uh, either walk very long distances or um, just enjoy the dance floor. I actually don't even need to drink. I just want to dance again. And so that's something I am really looking forward to. Not really looking forward for the amount of schoolwork. I have to uh, start get going in order to get it ready, um, to get ready for the end of the term. But that's what's up for this week. How about you, Bruxang? What are you looking forward for the fine week coming up? Slightly cheating, but... As most people know, we don't, you know, record on Mondays. We record a little bit before. Um, so one thing I'm really looking forward to is Sunday, November 
14th, so the day before this gets posted, uh, the Cricket World T20 World Cup is happening. The final is, it'll be the final, so the results will already be out by Monday. So hopefully, you know, it goes the way I want it to. But um, in the finals are New Zealand and Australia. Um, you know, it's, it's there's already been 44 games with 12 countries, and it's down to the final two in the finals. Both games, you know, both New Zealand and Australia had amazing, amazing wins in their semifinals. Um, New Zealand beat England and Australia beat Pakistan. So, you know, I've seen finals involving New Zealand and Australia a couple times now. So it should be a good, good game. Um, really looking forward to it. I really want New Zealand to win. However, Australia are the slightly stronger side, I would have to say. But, you know... Let's hope New Zealand wins, and let's. I just hope it's a good game because, like, the last time I watched a New Zealand Australia final, I was so pumped for it, and Australia just, you know, wrecked New Zealand. So hopefully, this time it's a little bit closer, if not a New Zealand win. Hopefully, hopefully it is, and because I know New Zealand is kind of like home also for you, so hopefully it happens. Absolutely. So I think it should be. It'll be a good time. Um, I will. I mean, it'll, the results will be out by that when the episode's out, but I will definitely talk about that a little bit on the next episode as well. Sounds good. So yeah, um, that's it for this week's episode of the two oh, out. Before what? we sign off, Andreas, do you want to give an update <laughs> to Movember? Because we are halfway done Movember already. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's give an update on that. So yeah, so uh, the beard is coming along for me. Uh, I still have to catch up on my running. I'll probably sit down and actually calculate how much running slash walk I have to do. But, you know, finally finding the time. Honestly, the main thing was like timing uh, for it. But now I think if I build it in, I'll be able to get it done. Um but if you people donate, it'll motivate me a little bit more to do it. Um, but in terms of the beard and the message, they're coming along. I think it's starting to get to the point that uh, I'll be able to trim the beard a little bit more to make the mustache stand out a little bit. So um, that's that's where we are out. How about you, man? Where where are we in with that mustache? Absolutely, it's you know it's growing. I look, it looks pretty. Um corny but you know what it's for a good cause so i don't mind at all um i was my plan was to initially do like a day-by-day photo but then i thought it's probably just better to do day one than day day 30 because i think my hair grows pretty slow at the beginning of like you know after i shave it so last like like the first week literally it was just like so slow so i'm like i'm over it so i think what i'm gonna do is maybe i'll post one at halfway mark which will be this monday and then I'll do one on the 29th or 30th. Um, as far as donations, yeah, keep those donations coming. It'll motivate us to do more and more. Um, you know, even if you can donate $1, $2, $5, whatever it is, it'll help. It's for a good cause. And even our team, you know, I think our team is doing really well so far. Um, on a personal note, I've so through, I think today is day... 13th and i've already walked 107 kilometers and my goal was 200 for the month of november um it's kind of easy because i play pokemon go so heavily these days that i go for walks like all the time now so it's super easy to rack up those walking kilometers 
um but yeah so like let's keep the momentum going let's keep the donations going let's you know let's we started strong let's end strong exactly so and like we're said as much as you want we truly appreciate it uh and as much as you can give uh I mean so yeah so uh, that's it where we are with november so let's help us push through the last uh the last half <laughs> of it uh but yeah it's gonna be quite a couple of days with the running and walking but excited to looking i haven't been to the old port in a long time so maybe i'll do that but yeah i think that brings us to the end of this week's episode um uh we'll catch you up next week with another episode and we might have some people also coming back again so stay tuned for that but Shang, where can they reach us out if they if they want to talk to us. Absolutely. So like always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or crybaby stuff, you can reach out to us at the two average Brown Bros podcast on Instagram or Twitter or our individual DMs, you know, like always our DMs are always open whether you want to talk about Dusa Tihar, Movember, or really anything. Hit us up, let us know. And you know what? So we had a couple of great guests today. We're going to have an amazing panel next week. If you want to be on future episodes, let us know. And we're always welcome to have you over. Um, and yeah, other than that, hope have a fantastic, amazing week. Um, I always chill, busy, just give you time to treat yourself and to have some time for you. Uh, but we wish you well, and we'll catch you up next Monday with a brand new episode of the Two Average Friends. Bye. See ya.